This is the place where you can say what you want as long as you got them facts. Uh, tonight, I'm gonna keep it a little bit easy on myself. Uh, I just was get, I just got off work a few hours ago, and it's my Friday. So tonight, I'm gonna keep it like I said. I'm gonna keep it light. Uh, just keep it to some NFL. I got the power rankings, my top eight power rankings. I'm also gonna be previewing Thursday night football, of course, Colts and Titans. I got some news here, and also I want to talk a little bit about my Raiders. Uh, can they make the playoffs? Are they a playoff bound team? Uh, so tonight, like I said, I'm going to keep it simple. And then also when everything is all said and done, I'll be reviewing what else I got going on for the rest of the week. So let's get right into it, of course, uh, with the NFL Power 8. Uh, starting with number 8, of course, I got the Titans here. They are 6-2. and two. Their last game was a W, 24-17 versus the Bears. They are currently first in the AFC South. They are 6 in rushing. They average about 147 yards per game. Uh, they also are 7th in scoring. They move the ball well down the field pretty much. Uh, we'll also get into a little bit more about them in just a second because, like I said, I'll be previewing um, uh, Monday, sorry, Thursday night football. So most mostly what you need to know about this squad here is that they run the ball pretty well. Of course, Derrick Henry, we've mentioned him so many times. Brian Tannehill is emerging as a better quarterback uh, probably than he's ever been, and it's leading to some success. Uh, one knock against them right now, though, is defensive end Javion Clowney still hasn't been able to really contribute uh, he's been dealing with a whole lot of injuries this time around. It's a meniscus, and uh, he did not play Saturday, and he's currently questionable for this week. So let's move on to number seven. We have the Seahawks here at six and two. Defensive tackle uh, Brandon Money. Uh, he suffered a ankle sprain and is expected to miss multiple weeks. Uh, so there's some issues there. They have also had the trade to get some help there. So again, it's the defensive front. Uh, it's part of part of the problem here with this team. They've given up 450 yards per game. That is the most in the NFL. Uh, and they're 44. Well, well, they're 44 to 34 loss to the Bills last week. That's the most points that Pete Carroll has given up as a coach so far. Um, I wonder if there's some drama going on here. Of course, safety Jamal Adams would have a blow up with Pete Carroll on the sideline last week during that loss. <clears throat> I don't know what to make of it per se. I was able to read a couple of Adams' quotes, and it doesn't seem to be like he's terribly mad at Carroll, but just more so frustrated, you know, in just him not, you know, being able to con contribute. Uh, I don't. I think this was like his first game that he played so far this season. I, I guess he's still been going through injuries himself and all that, but um, and just you know, fighting to get on the field and all that type of stuff. So again. I, Frustration I feel right now for the Seahawks in some ways, despite being six and two. So again, I kind of have them at the bottom. Uh, up next, we have we we have the Ravens here at six and two. Um, Lamar Jackson has actually tied Dan Marino for the best start as a, as a starting quarterback with a record of twenty five and five. Uh, recently, though, they've also signed. Uh, Des Bryant, he's been out of the league for a couple of years. I guess Baltimore decided to take a chance, feeling like they needed some more wide receiver help. Um, okay, um, I don't see anything wrong with it. Uh, he was active last week. Didn't really do too much, had 22 receiving yards, but again, I'm guessing that's because he's still 
getting used to the offense. At number five, we have this Packers here. They're also 6-2. and two. They're first in their division. Uh, their last game was a blowout win over the Niners, 34-17. to uh, sorry, 34 to 17. They're currently seventh in overall offense. Uh, they, they average about 395 yards per game. They're also 10th uh, in rushing, ninth in passing. Wide receiver Devontae Adams is a huge part of that with 53 yards, sorry, 53 receptions, 675 yards, and also eight touchdowns. So again, uh, Packers move the ball well, just pr pretty much the same um, as the Titans. Like I said before, move the ball pretty well, they score better. But the thing about the, the Packers, which makes them different, is that they're pretty balanced. Uh, they're also a top 10 passing team. They're also a top 10 rushing team. So again, they're just slightly better. In terms of t the Titans offensively, I think the Titans might be a little bit better than, than them defensively. Uh, the reason why I have the Packers up here so high, higher than them, uh, is because I feel like the Packers uh, had the most, I think the most convincing win um, out of, I would say, the Titans, the other, the bottom, uh, the bottom two, uh, six and two teams. But I think the team with the most impressive win out of the six and two teams was definitely the Saints here, who I have at number four. Uh, the Saints uh, blew out the Buccaneers 38-3, uh, all on prime time. Uh, Michael Thomas is back. Uh, we'll see, you know how you know how effective he gets as time goes on. Last week he would have five catches and 51 yards. Uh, this week uh, the the Saints will be facing off against the four and five Niners. Uh, I don't want to say it's going to be a gimme win, uh, but I, I think you would have the Saints highly favored in this one. Moving on to number three, we have the Bills here. They are 7-2. and two. They're coming off three straight wins. Very impressive wins as well. Again, Josh Allen continues to amaze me uh, just doing his thing all over the place. Uh, 2,587 yards. Uh, sorry, 19 touchdowns, 5 interceptions. He has a 107 passer rating. He also has some rushing touchdowns as too. I don't rushing touchdowns as well. I don't have that uh, stat right in front of me though. Uh, but they are the most important thing though, um, which is the most important, f uh, sorry, stat in my opinion to look out for is that they're four and two against teams that are above 500. These are talk we're talking about playoff teams here. So uh, I think they've beaten the Raiders. Uh, they've also beaten, uh, I know they've beaten another team on this top five, I feel like. Oh, they just recently beat the Seahawks, Doe. Oh, they blew out the Titans as well. So, um, look out for the Bills. I think they've definitely turned the corner. I think Josh Allen has turned the corner. Um, I think White Michael Vick is a little bit too crazy right now. I don't think he's nearly as fast. Um, I don't know if he's... You know what? No. I don't think these quarterbacks deserve any comparisons they're their own breed i think lamar jackson is just lamar jackson uh he's just yeah who he is josh allen is who he is there's nothing wrong with that because obviously these guys are great quarterbacks josh allen is emerging to be a great quarterback patrick mahomes is just patrick mahomes there's no i don't think there's any old school equivalent with him i think we need to not do that we just need to, need to just say that these are who these guys are these are their strengths Mitch Trubisky, we obviously know, is trash. And I just wanted to say that because everybody needs to know that Mitch Trubisky is trash. Well, maybe Chicago made him trash because look at Nick Foles. There you go. I know I, I know, I digress, but it's football day. So, you know, give me a slice. Chiefs, uh, they're my number two team in the power rankings, 8-1. and one. 
Patrick Mahomes passes Dan Marino. Everybody's passing up Dan Marino. See, there you go. That's why Dan Marino, you know, not to say that he's obsolete, but again, that his era is over. Obviously, you can't really compare these guys to him because they're better. Just, I, I'm just, I know everybody's going to start saying, oh, how, how dare you? All the yards, all this. As far as I'm concerned, Dan Marino didn't win nothing. So you can say whatever you want about him being the best ever throwing him. That's fine. Numbers, numbers, numbers. That's great. He's like, what? He's like the Charles Barkley of quarterbacks. I mean, get out of here. Patrick Mahomes already has a, 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 sorry, a world title. He has two AFC championship appearances. Uh, he has an MVP. Lamar Jackson has an MVP. Lamar Jackson has recently passed his his win record. Oh, here we go. Patrick Mahomes passes him as the fastest quarterback to reach 100 touchdown passes. I mean, <laughs> and there you go. Uh, Andy Reid sits atop. Uh, well, I'm not going to say sits atop of all coaches. I don't think that's the case. But he is. Uh, he just clinched his 230th win last week. So congratulations to him. I'm pretty much certain at this point, especially with the um, Super Bowl, uh, he's a Hall of Famer. He's liable to win at least one more, maybe two, until he retires. I mean, we have a whole career with your boy Mahomes. I mean, if Andy Reid decides to stay along for his for his you know career and development, then hey, who knows what you got? But the Chiefs are sitting here currently at number two, which makes, of course, the Steelers my number one team. Still, of course, the only undefeated team, and I. I don't know how they have it in any other power rankings. If an undefeated team is not on top of the power rankings, I don't take it serious because, again, they're the number one. I mean, they have to be the number one team. Nobody's beating them. So the Steelers, uh, they uh, had only 46 total rushing yards last week versus Dallas. That's the only, you know, really big thing to say about them. Oh, and there is some potential injury concerns with Big Ben in the knees. Um, apparently, the way that he fell kind of saved him from some catastrophe. Um, although he definitely there is an injury there, it's not a catastrophic missing. I don't think any time type of injury. So as far as I'm concerned, they're good there. But that's that running game for the Steelers is very inconsistent. I'd like to know where they rank right now. I don't have those stats in front of me again. But but I, that running game is just – James Conner had that one good year in 2018, right? And he shows up and he helps them. I don't know if they make it to the – I can't remember if they make it to the playoffs that year. And then since Le'Veon Bell was out, it's like, man, fuck Le'Veon. Let's get him out of here, blah, blah, blah. Ever since then, he's fall off a cliff. And it's just like – see, they still win. Don't get me wrong. I'm not taking it away from it, but – God damn, like, that running game is non-existent. All right, let's move on. Let's talk about some news. We're going to get through this. Uh, Tack McKinley, of course, I think uh, this was a couple days ago. He recently got waived by the Falcons. I wanted to really just talk about my feelings about this as well. The Atlanta Falcons, of course, decided to waive him after he called out the team for trading him, well, for not trading him at the deadline. McKinley was a first-round draft pick in 2017. He had collected just 17 and a half sacks through 49 games, which I don't feel is that well. I, I I can see where they would want more there. The Falcons not only failed to make a deal for him, they also did not pick up his fifth year option worth 10 million. Tack claims that not only did they uh, did the organization fail to make an offer multiple times, uh, he was also denied trade requests last season as well. So they didn't trade him this season, 
Uh, that's what I meant to say. Sorry, they didn't trade him this season, and he got requested. Apparently, he had requested to be traded last season as well, and Atlanta wouldn't budge. Um, I'm not too sure why. I'm pretty sure he he could have fetched a decent, uh, like like I said, uh, he, I think uh, one of the potential trades for him could I think it was like a fifth or sixth round draft pick, and he they could have traded him to the Raiders or a couple teams that he needed a DN or something like that. Um, I'll talk more about the Raiders um, in just a second because they have shown interest in him as well. Interest in him as well. Uh, but so far for McKinley, he had only played in four games this season, uh, with just one sack to his name. Um, and I think that's a part of the reason maybe Atlanta wasn't getting those calls like they once were, uh, especially with him only being around for four games. Uh, so maybe there wasn't a way for them to for, for, for you know them to move him and he could just, just kind of sat there and instead of just kind of sitting back and saying look okay there wasn't a trade market uh but i still have a job uh he kind of just sat back and got really frustrated well y'all didn't do nothing y'all didn't do nothing i'm pretty sure i mean this is the thing about trades i'm not too sure about you know if you know i just have a feeling like trades you know are I'm not saying that they're easy for a player to just demand, but if if the team feels like you kind of missed expectations or they feel like, you know, it might suit you better, I think a lot of times they kind of go with the player and say, yeah, you know what, I think we do agree with you. It's very hard for me to say that Atlanta just kind of sat, sat, sat there and looked at him and said, hmm. You know, you're still young. Of course, you haven't performed that well. Maybe there is a market for you, especially last season. Um, I don't know why they couldn't pull the trigger. Maybe they didn't get the right deal. Uh, but apparently, I mean, in my opinion, you know, they were offering a fifth or sixth round draft pick for him. Apparently this year, this is what I'm hearing at certain teams. Um, I think that would have worked. You know, with somebody with 17 and a half sacks, again, he's still young. He still has time to develop. We obviously know Dan Quinn has a corrosive defense. It's, it's, it was, I, in my opinion, it, it was probably coaching, as opposed to him just being a bust. Uh, we'll see what happens when he gets picked up again, because I, I think he's relatively young. Uh, that's at a relatively, he's at a real, you know, he's at the prime of his career. Uh, he's at a prominent position. I, I feel like you know he has a chance to turn around and be like an Alden Smith, but not without having to go. And he didn't have, to, and he doesn't have to go through all the stuff that Alden Smith did. He obviously doesn't seem to be that that temperament where he's going to get into some off the field stuff. So he'll have a chance to get back on the field. I think get better on a good defense under a good defensive coordinator, and then we'll take it. Hopefully, they can take it from there. I, I think a lot of his failures come from or his you know shortcomings so far. I'm gonna be honest with you. Uh, I saw a lot of his film come out of uh, college. I think a lot of it had to do with coaching on on the next level, in my opinion. Atlanta is a wasteland right now. I'm sorry. Uh, I know people don't want to hear that, um, but if my son was going to be, you know, a draft, you know, a draftee, I wouldn't want him to go to Atlanta right now. That's just my opinion. I think the ownership is is out of touch. They don't know nothing about football. Um, I think your coaches uh, were overrated coordinators. Uh, you know, that being Dan Quinn. Um, and that's what you had for a while there. And then you have, I'm not going to say uh, overrated quarterback, but he's definitely a try-hard underachiever um, in Matt Ryan and uh, who just doesn't get it done when it really counts. He gets a lot of yardage, uh, garbage yardage in garbage time. And uh, that's what you had. You had, you, had, you know, um, you know, you have nothing really going on there in Atlanta. So, um, for Tack, it was good for him to get out of there. Um, unfortunately, it wasn't. It's not in the best circumstances to get, to get cut and waved like that because I think it does kind of give you 
uh, some negative kind of connotations, I think. And I'm really just surprised that they couldn't make a trade work out for somebody like that. He still has talent. He still has a ceiling he can reach. So it's just like, damn, how could you not make a trade? You, maybe you just wanted to cut him just to tell him, just to teach him something, maybe? I don't know. Um, really weird on Atlanta's part because they could have got some decent and again, he could have found a job right. He would have just had a job right away and be able to 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 produce. Because right now, he have to kind of sit back and play the field, you know. And that's just kind of how the game rolls, right? All right, y'all. I'm gonna take a quick break, and when we come back, I'll be uh, previewing some Thursday night football. Of course, like I said before, uh, sorry, Titans, Colts, AFC West, sorry, AFC South showdown. All right, y'all. I'll be right back. Titans, two teams neck and neck in their division over 500. The Titans coming to this one six and two. They are the host of this one. Uh, the Colts coming to this one five and three. Uh, the Titans are undefeated, undefeated, excuse me, in divisional play, uh, but the Colts have uh, one loss. Uh, in terms of injuries, uh, we have a few to go through uh, for the Titans. They're going to be missing out on Adam Humphreys, their wide receiver. This is his second straight game, dealing with some concussion issues. They're also be missing out on tight end Michael Pruitt. Uh, he has some issues with his knee and his ankle. Defensive back Adoree Jackson, uh, again, has yet to make it to the field this year, although he's been listed at, as active at some point. I believe it was last week, but again, he's out again with issues with his knee. And finally, safety Dane uh, I think it's uh, Krushank. Uh He's been placed on the IR recently with a growing injury for the Colts. They'll be missing out on missing out on two tight ends. Jack Doyle, concussion issues there. Also, uh, Mo Ali Cox. He has some knee uh, drama here. So, some key matchups for this uh, game tomorrow night. We got the Colts defensive line versus Derrick Henry. That's all I'm going to say here. Uh, Henry averages 5.6 yards per carry versus the Colts, uh, higher than his career average of 4.7. So, again, he seems to have a decent game whenever he goes up against these guys. Uh, the Colts give up just 3.7 yards per carry to other backs. So, again, the Colts seem to struggle. Uh, the only running back, this is the only running back to run for 100 or more yards versus the Colts in 42 regular games. And the Colts are also first in the league against the run. Uh, they give up only 83.6 yards per game, and they're also first in overall defense. So maybe something's got to give. Uh, of course, uh, they split the season series last year. Uh, for the, another matchup, we got the quarterback versus the quarterback. It's a tale of two different ones here. We got Ryan Tannehill, of course, coming out of Tennessee, uh, 19 uh, sorry, sorry, over 1,900 yards, 1,981 yards to be exact, 65% uh, completion percentage, 19-3 to touchdown to interception, 19-3 to touchdown to interception ratio. 
and he has a passer rating of almost 110. So again, uh, I think this is even better than last season when he was the comeback player of the year. Uh, so again, um, Ryan Tannehill, I would say maybe, possibly. Nah, I wouldn't. Nah, his numbers ain't on. He, he ain't blowing nobody out. He ain't no MVP just yet. Sorry. I was going to overhype him. Sorry. Not going to do it. Phillip Rivers, like I said, this is a tale of two different quarterbacks. Phillip Rivers is like Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. Uh, he has thrown for more yards uh, than Tannehill with 2,087, but he has a, and he also has a slightly better completion percentage. Let me look at it real quick. Yeah, yeah, 67%. But 10 touchdowns to 7 interceptions, and he has a passive rating of just 91, almost 92. And there's also whispers about him being benched after last week's loss to the Ravens uh, when he just put up, well, he only completed 19 of his final 37 passes. So, um, I mean, we have a situation in Tennessee where, you know, Tannehill's coming to his own. I'm not saying he's, you know, balling out, but he's also not a game manager. He also is proactive in the team's winning as well. Uh, he's going up against a quarterback who really is probably one more bad performance away from being yanked, especially given his age, uh, especially given the Colts in their position right now. Uh, they have an opportunity to compete. And the question is, who do they have? right behind him would it be worth it Jacoby Brissett I think so I think it's worth a chance uh, if you got somebody who can only complete 19 of his final 37 passes where you know you're behind you know you need to come back and to get the win uh, so uh, but the Colts I think they have a shot with their defense uh, because there's some situational things with the with the uh, Titans we want to talk about the Titans rank 30th in sacks uh, they also are 32nd on third down conversion, and they are 31st in uh, red zone defense. So they can't stop teams from scoring. There's going to be some opportunities soon for the Colts to score if they're in the end zone. The Colts are 22nd in the, in the league against, I'm sorry, they're 22nd in the league in terms of rushing, only about 102 yards per game. They're also 19th overall in offense. So again, um, I, I personally like the Titans' chances in this one. I feel like they have a really better defense. Well, I wouldn't say a really better defense. Um, actually, I would actually probably get the nod to defense uh, to the Colts. But I just feel uh, Henry just seems to have an easier game against the Colts. Uh, Tannehill, he hasn't been putting his team in position to lose. He hasn't been throwing interceptions, unlike Phillip Rivers. I think he's a little bit more conservative, a little bit more measured. He's going to be coming into that game measured. Um I think there'll be opportunities for the Colts to score, but I think the Titans outscore them pretty much. That's that's my prediction. I don't know a final score, but I, I, I see the Titans winning this one, and there's going to be probably, uh, I would say, at least three touchdowns by each team. I think the, I think there will be seven touchdowns between both teams, maybe eight. Uh, and, um, yeah, it should be a decent game for a Thursday night. Again, these are two teams over 500. Two teams, like I said, neck and neck in terms of the pl of of the playoffs. Yes, of course, and also in the division. This is a team that split their series last year. I believe they're going to be playing one more time, uh, not next week, but the week after next. Uh, so again, you know, we'll get a chance to see this this rivalry again. All right, all right, y'all. Uh, let's move on. Um, my big question tonight is: Can my Raiders make the playoffs? They're currently five and three. They're second in the AFC West. 2-0 in a division, of course, with that 
upset win against Kansas City. And last week we had uh, we had to do it at the last second, but we got it done against the Chargers. Uh, they're 14th in overall offense. Derek Carr is a big component in that. 60, he's completed 69% of his passes, over 69% of his passes. Now uh, he doesn't. Well, he doesn't have uh, the most yards per game per se. Uh, but he does have over 2,000 yards. He has a, t- a touchdown to interception ratio of uh, 16 um, to 2. I believe he th- does throw the. He does have. I think he does have about 250 yards passing per game. Uh, but his passer rating is 110. So these are all improvements from last season. Uh, he's definitely. Um, Definitely a case for comeback player of the year or most improved player. Uh, now, the Raiders are also third in rushing. Of course, we already know about Josh Jacobs with his 588 yards, also six touchdowns. Uh, Devontae Booker, though, look out for him as well. He averages 6.8 yards per carry. So uh, that Oakland running game is is there. Uh, I think, of course, Derek Carr has become official again under center, like 2016, would it be 2016 under center, and it looks like we're balanced, well I definitely like it, however this is our issue, 23rd in overall defense, 23rd in passing, so we're near the bottom, not at the bottom, but near it, uh, like I said before, we are interested in defensive intact McKinley, so again we have some pass rush, uh, I think there's two factors into why, there's two factors into why we're so low in our passing defense, of course we can't get to the quarterback in the course, uh, we need some secondary play. Um, forcing sacks and forcing quarterback pressure would definitely go a long way in helping our secondary, though. So, Tack McKinley, in my opinion, would be a very smart pickup. Now, there's also an X factor for the Raiders. I don't think he's been highly discussed this season, um, but I'm going to discuss him for just a little bit. Wide receiver Nelson Aguilar. Uh, so far this season, he's had 17 receptions. Not a whole lot, but he's also at 347 yards, but he has five touchdowns, uh, which leads the, leads the team. So, again, I, I think we have a lot of things working for us. We had a pretty decent draft. Uh, Henry Ruggs hasn't shown up in every game so far, uh, but he definitely has shown his flashes. Uh, so, you know, so, again, we're still there. We also have, uh, you know, Waller leading team of receptions and yards. Uh, again, so we're, we're potent offensively, in my opinion. Derek Carr rarely makes mistakes with only two interceptions on the year. Uh, there was that game, I think, where he gave up a fumble. So, you know, again, so probably three turnovers max this year. Um, maybe four. Maybe I think he might have even had two in that game. So four turnovers max, if you want to give him that. Uh, so, again, this is a team that doesn't make a lot of mistakes. I don't think we make a, turn, make a lot of penalties. We don't commit a lot of penalties either. So, again, very solid, you know, start for this squad here at five and three. Uh, this week's matchup, of course, we're facing off against the three and five Broncos. Uh, some take some some notes about this game here. Denver is still technically in the playoff race, so I wouldn't be surprised if they came into this game very hungry, looking to pull off an upset. Uh, look for Denver to try to do, make some play calling adjustments to try to uh, put. We'll try to stop Jacobs, but again. Look out for Devontae Booker. He's averaging almost seven yards per carry, so the Raiders could probably do something there. Fullback Alec Ingold is back, so they have some more uh, rushing protection. Uh, so, uh, again, I don't, I don't, you know, again, any given Sunday, of course, and I know that the Broncos are going to be hungry. Uh, but, however, the Broncos have given up 34 points. Well, they gave up 34 points and 363 yards last week in their loss to Atlanta. 
Uh, they've also given up 34, sorry, 30 plus points in their last three outings. So I know for a fact uh, the Raiders score about 20, almost 28, almost 30 points a game. I wouldn't be surprised if the Raiders can score about 30, definitely score 30 in this game as well. I don't see why that's not possible. Um, Denver also struggles on the offensive side of things as well. They're, uh, they're 27th in scoring. Uh, they only get about 21 points a game. I think that's right around what the Raiders give up. So I wouldn't be surprised if the Raiders give maybe a, a tad bit up more than that, uh, possibly. But the Broncos only score touchdowns on 55 of their in red zone appearances. So again, we're not we're talking about a Denver team that cannot really score. Again, it's it's kind of set up for us to win. Uh, we do have a matchup against the Chiefs. We'll talk all about their remaining schedule in just a second. Uh, but the Raiders are fourth in the NFL in, in um in the NFL on third down. They can they make uh, six point five conversions per game, and they control the time of possession. Um, so again, those are two factors for the Raiders. I, I again I don't see this. I think this because it's a rivalry game. It might be closer than usual. Uh, I still see the Raiders pulling this one out. The biggest thing though is Trent Brown is still out. Um, I definitely. And somewhat concerned. Um, I definitely think he's one of the pieces that keep that old line together. But although Gabe Jackson has been doing a lot of of that, you know, being the glue for this offensive line as well since he's been out, so uh, he's been having a pro ball type season. So that old line might still be okay. Uh, the thing is, now <clears throat> we're gonna look off. Well, we we got to look at the rest of the schedule. Now after Denver, they're gonna be having a game against the Chiefs. Uh, this time it's gonna be at home, although. None of that really matters since, you know, we can't, nobody can go home, you know, we, <laughs> well, you know, fans is what I'm saying. So, uh, empty stadiums, you know, so home for the advantage is, you know, a moot point. So we do have a rematch against the Chiefs. Uh, I, I'm a little bit iffy on this game, uh, although we were able to take them out, you know, the first game this year. I'm not going to say this is a definite loss. Again, uh, our win Definitely, like I said, though, our win earlier this year makes this game a, a toss-up for me. Um, had we not won that game, I would have been even more iffy about it, maybe about a 20, maybe 15 to 10%, but now I'm like 50-50 in a game like that. That's just my opinion. Uh, after that, we got to go on the road, uh, two straight games on the road against the Falcons and the Jets. I'm just going to outright say those are almost gimme games, especially against the Jets. The Falcons, of course, I mean, uh, Matt Ryan can pass. We don't really have a great passing defense. He could probably make some plays there, but I don't expect that defense to really be much of a threat. We're probably going to be able to score on them as well. At the very worst, it's like a, it's, you know, one of those games where it goes back and forth, you know, and, you know, we have to score multiple touchdowns to win, possibly. Uh, the Jets, I think <laughs> the Jets are like cream puffs right now. I'm just going to outright say it. Uh, there's nothing that they have to offer us. Uh, that should be a smashing. Uh, the Colts, I don't know. Uh, again, I think this week is going to be a good chance to check their psyche. Um, I think if uh, the the Titans can bang them up, uh, get you know, you know, at some point Philip Rivers pulled, we're looking at a whole different team here. Uh, we're looking at a team that could be like they fought. What are they five and three right now? By the time they see us, they could probably be what, you know, what five and. You know, four, five. They probably would have dropped two or three. You know, just depending on what happens with the, you know, because I, I just feel like the Colts are just one bad win away, in my opinion. They they look solid, but I feel like they're one bad loss away from just getting just 
you know, falling off the rails, in my opinion. I, I'm not trusting Phillip Rivers. I don't know why they went ahead and got him. I'm just going to be critical of it. They have a solid defense, though, so um, that will be something to look at. Uh, we have a rematch against the Chargers. I see us winning that game. Um, not to say that the Chargers can't improve between now and then. They probably will. I just don't think the Chargers have a whole lot of pieces just to win a lot of games right now. And I think the Raiders, I mean, I think at this point, they should be rolling at this point in the season. I think they could be able to rile off three wins, even if they don't beat Kansas City, three wins in a row up until the Charger game. So I just think they ride that momentum, take out the Chargers as well. Uh, we also have the Dolphins here. I think that's a pretty interesting game. I don't know what you'll see from Tua at this point um, in the year, or well, at that point in the year. Uh, the Dolphins are a very interesting team defensively um, because they're a lot better than they were last year. The question is, um, is it? Well, no, they, they have a really good coach and a really good defensive-minded coach. So um, that will be an interesting game. Um, I don't want to say that's a game that I'm iffy about. But it's a 50-50, I will say that. Just because, again, uh, we ha I have to see the Raiders, you know, finish a season 12-4 and four to really say that they're going to do that, okay? I haven't seen all – I mean, and, and again, it's, I'm a fan and all that. But you got to keep it real. Um, I've seen them finish, what, 8-8, eight and eight, what, 9-7, and seven, something like that. I, again, I, I'm – again, I, I, I got to see them, you know – be 13 and 3 before I just say they're gonna beat everybody, they're just gonna be these world beaters. Um, this is a one that I this is a game that I have the Raiders favored in. Um, but I, I'll say the Raiders are Raiders are definitely favored in that game. And finally, at the Broncos, I think that's an easy one. We don't have to really talk about that one just yet, especially if we're able to make mincemeat of them this Sunday, which I think we should. Uh, no excuses, uh, with a team like this, they can't really score, they cannot defend. We convert very well on third down. Uh, we convert uh, very well. Uh, well, we, we're a really good running team. Um, yeah, there's no way we can't beat the Broncos week 17. So I think the Raiders can definitely make it. The question is, is it a wild card or do we sneak and win the division and kind of save ourselves there? Um, uh, we got. I mean, the Chiefs game. I think the Chiefs game is gonna is gonna really decide that. I think we can definitely get past the Broncos twice. Uh, there's no reason why we can't beat the Chargers one more time. Um, and then it's gonna be the Chiefs because I definitely again the Falcons and the Jets. We got that. The Colts. I think we can definitely get that as well. Dolphins. Probably. I mean, honestly, if if I'm really if if I if I really want to be honest with you, even with even if we were to lose against the Chiefs, we could very well win the the rest of the way, even after even after losing to the Chiefs. So, um, and who knows what happens to the who knows what would happen to the Chiefs? Maybe you know, maybe we don't beat the Chiefs, uh, but the Chiefs take a loss in the in the division to you know the the Chargers or something and, and make things interesting. Um, in terms of divisional standings and what have you, but um, I definitely see the Raiders winning at least ten games. I, I I don't see where it's not feasible. Eleven is is probably possible as well. Um, maybe even the cap. I guess even see yeah, eleven is probably our high. Yeah, I don't see why. Um, right now we're we're you know five and three right now. 
maybe even 12 and 4 because again I oh man I outside of the Chiefs who can you really say can take us out right now are you really comfortable with saying the Colts guy again okay even with that you go you go you know even with that even if we say okay we lose to the Colts that's still 11 and 5 that's 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 a playoff record showing up, and and so you gotta take that. So I, I feel like this team can definitely win over ten games, um, and I think this team can definitely make the playoffs again. Just with you know the schedule, how we play right now, as you know, as long as no major injuries happen, I don't see why not. I really don't. All right, y'all. I'm gonna call the wrap for tonight. Um, of course, tomorrow we'll be back with some world on the street. Uh, like I said, we have a. I want to talk a little bit about some coronavirus. Of course, cases are spiking. They talking about shutting things down again for real, for real. So let's talk about it. Uh, Trump is being a sore loser. We got to talk about that too. Uh, as far as uh, the YouTube is concerned, uh, I do have my um, upon for the review, uh, Batman Forever. That is in the. Well, that is in the you know production stages. I'm getting ready to record pretty soon for that. I'm getting everything together, all the clips, and getting everything edited for that. Uh, so that will be out uh, by the end of the weekend. Hopefully for the start of the week, I'll have my second sports stories out for you guys. So take a look out for that. As far as some other projects as well, I thought about some more reviews, some music reviews this time. I wanted to go through Busta Rhymes' new album. Um, I do not know the name for that. So it's definitely going to be a review review. So like from the ground up. And also I wanted to go back and take it back in the day. And be one of uh, review one of my favorite rap albums, a low key rap album from the, the late '90s. A rapper you may or may not be familiar with, but we'll get to that uh, when the time comes. All right, y'all. Um, if anybody hasn't told you yet, I love you. Peace out. One love, and I highlight all y'all later. No